Amen. I will bless the Lord at all times. His praises shall continually be in my mouth. My soul shall make her boast in the Lord. The humble shall hear thereof and be glad. Oh, magnify the Lord with me. And let us exalt his name together. For I sought the Lord and he heard me. And he delivered me from all of my fears. Oh, taste and see that the Lord is good. Blessed is the, is there anybody here that trusts God on tonight? Anybody out in virtual land that trusts God on tonight? Thank God for what has happened to our pastor over the last about 24, 48 hours that he has learned some new language. But you can share, you can post, you can snap, and <laughs> you can tweet. Amen. So if you do that all, again, I'm tasked again to uh, present our preacher for tonight. He introduced himself on last night. That is Reverend Stephen Paul Samuel, pastor of the St. John Church in Gainesville, Georgia. He is married to First Lady Trish. I won't give a whole name on tonight. And his daughter's name is Paris Simone. He has been pastoring now for nearly 20 years. Um, and so we thank God for 13 years there at St. John. We thank God for him. We thank God for his presence to the body. Uh, didn't mention on last night, Pastor Samuel is a native Georgian. Uh, his bio says he's from Rome, Georgia. But I have heard he's from a place called Cave Spring. Amen. That's a little outside of Rome. Anybody? know about that he ain't from Rome proper but he's from Cave Spring amen that's all right but I want to thank God again for him on tonight and thank God if you will I want you just simply to pray with him and pray for him as he comes I need thee thee every hour most prayer Lord, no tender voice like thine can peace afford. I need thee. Oh, 
we need thee oh oh bless bless us now i'll say hey someone who joins us in the building as well as virtually maybe that just needs to be your prayer tonight that you need the Lord and I want to ask that you join me in prayer father we thank you first of all God we thank you that we have someone we can come to someone we can bring our burdens our hardships our insecurities and our vulnerabilities to someone who we can be completely honest to confess all that is in us to. God, we thank you for being a loving father. We thank you for being so madly in love with us that in spite of it all, yet you have shown favor over our lives. So somebody tonight, somebody tonight has been betrayed by a friend. Somebody tonight has been made done wrong by somebody, but God, they can come to you. And they know that they have someone who sticketh closer than a brother. God, we thank you for your love. We thank you for who you are. And we just come expressing our need tonight. God, our world needs you. Our world needs you. From, from Haiti to Afghanistan, from my house to the White House, God, our world needs you. We need you like never before. God, we pray now in the name of Jesus that you would just stop by Salem for a little while. But, but, but not just Salem tonight. As we seek revival, God, we ask now that you would allow your word to reach through this camera lens. That it would reach right into someone's home, right into their living room, their bedroom. Somebody on their job tonight, out and about, God. But we know that your word, it can accomplish what you send it forth to do. And so, God, we pray that a spirit of revival would erupt in this place and that it would reach someone's heart tonight. Someone might come to know you like never before. We're depending on you. We're leaning on you, not to our own understanding, but, God, we are leaning and depending on you tonight. I ask, Father, that you would think with my mind and speak with my tongue. Make it so. That the word that would come forth today would be all of you and none of me. And God, we will be ever so careful to give your name all praise, glory, and honor. It is in the blessed name of Jesus Christ our Lord that we pray. And every heart say amen, amen, and amen. Can we give the Lord a hand clap of praise in the building as well as wherever you may be? 
Wherever you may be, I want to tell you that it's God that has made it possible for us to join together in worship tonight. And I thank God for you. I thank God for his grace. And tonight as we share in this time of worship and word, we got a few saints who are in the building. Let's thank God for being in the fellowship tonight. In fellowship tonight. Amen. Amen. And so we are connecting here in person as well as those who are sharing with us online. We appreciate you allowing us to come into your homes and come into your, your, your living rooms, wherever you may be, joining together with Salem in Revival. I want to ask, if you will, and I know Salem will do this, and I just want to ask everybody watching, can we just put some hand claps of appreciation um, in that chat box? Thank God for Pastor Richard Haynes. Give God a hand clap of praise right wherever you are right wherever you are I thank God for him thank God for his love his kindness his generosity thank God for his character his integrity and certainly his willingness to give of himself and to pour into the lives of ministers of the gospel all over this state and nation and of course I'm glad to be one of them I thank God for uh, my dear friend Jason Haynes give him a hand clap of appreciation as well and we are thankful thankful for for his friendship and if you want friends you got to show yourself friendly and you're not going to meet anybody more friendly than Jason Haynes we thank God for those of you who are serving us now we we're connecting with you online and yet we want to also thank God for those who are serving us in person our ushers and greeters and those who are keeping us safe our nurses um, sometimes those who are behind the scenes get overlooked and we never want to overlook them and even those of you who share with us virtually you will, if you don't mind, appreciate those who are working in our media, audio ministry, who are making it possible for us to connect with your life. And certainly I thank God for their work because they do it with a spirit of excellence. Can we thank God and let the church say amen, 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 and amen. We thank God for those who share with us um, tonight. Certainly, I thank God for the St. John Church and those servants of the Lord who come to be with us tonight in revival. Thank you so much, Minister Morris. Thank you so much, um, Rob Campbell. Thank you to those who are watching virtually and praying with the pastor. And I need your prayers tonight. Um, I, I will be honest with you. I come with a with a burden that the Lord has put on my heart and of course I believe that the Word of God speaks to us wherever we are and it is it is quite possible that because we're living in some days and times of great turmoil right now and I mean even today even this week and and because of that I've really been searching the heart of God for what it is that God would have to say to his people in this season and of course in keeping with the spirit of revival, I believe I know my assignment tonight. Let the church say amen. Amen. Those who have Bibles in your care, will you? I want to ask that you would meet me. In the depth of the Old Testament, we're going tonight to the book of Psalms. The book of Psalms. And I want to invite your attention. They're going to help us on the screen to the 138th Psalm. Psalms 138. As always, I try to encourage in the time that God gives you for you to read the entirety of Psalms 138. And yet for our purpose tonight, I would like to just lift up two verses 
I'll read these two verses in your hearing, but really I only want to preach one. Psalms 138, I would like to read the last two verses, which is verse 7 and 8. And then we will come back and share with you some points for emphasis. Hear now the word of the Lord, and may God give us ears to hear as the Spirit speaks to the church. Psalms 138 verse 7 says this, Though I walk in the midst of trouble, thou will revive me. Thou shalt stretch forth your hand against the wrath of my enemies, and your right hand shall save me. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endureth forever. Forsake not the works of thine own hands. Let the church say amen. Uh, again, I share with you, we read two verses. I only want to focus on one tonight. I encourage you to read the entirety of it in the time God gives you, but it is verse 8 that draws our attention tonight. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. Thy mercy, O Lord, endures forever. Forsake not the work of thine own hands. The Lord will perfect that which concerns me. That final prayer has got to do something to you. Don't forsake the work of your own hands. Tonight, I want to ask those of you who are connecting with us and those who are sharing with us in person, I want to ask that you would think with me on this very simple thought, God is not done. God is not done. Uh, not only is God not dead, but I came to tell somebody that God is not he is not done. And I need somebody, if you don't mind, right in that chat box. Will you help me be a witness to the world and help us share this word with somebody in the time timeline? Can you just type in that chat box, God is not done. And those who are in person, they're going to repeat it after me. Say, God is not done. <laughs> Amen. Come on, let's give God a hand clap of praise tonight. God is not, is not done. Just to be completely transparent, y'all, there are seasons in our lives that I think all of us face where it seems as though and feels like things are just falling apart. Seems like there are seasons in all of our lives where just seems like nothing is going right. Some of us, this is a, a feeling, a feeling that may be a fleeting feeling, fleeting feeling. Maybe it, it comes into the mind and maybe for some of us it dissolves just as quickly as it comes. But y'all, for too many of us, for too many of us, this is not a fleeting feeling. For too many believers, 
it becomes an abiding anxiety. An abiding anxiety becomes a, a fear of the future. Because if we look at what's happening in the world around us, the feeling is things are just falling apart. Nothing is going right. You know the danger of this, don't you? Someone listening to me, you understand the danger. Because when things become an abiding anxiety, the danger is that it leads to despondency. Despondency, we are warned in Scripture, then degenerates into depression. And depression expresses itself in a distrust, watch me, not only of people, but a distrust of God. And we, we find ourselves in this dangerous place. When it feels and seems like things, nothing's going, going right. Tonight, I came with a burden. I came with an assignment to meet somebody right there in that place. A place that maybe you don't advertise that you're abiding in, but a place that I think we all can admit that we have visited from time to time. I came with an assignment of assurance for someone tonight. An assignment of assurance to remind you that, yes, the Apostle Paul was right. He told us and he told the Philippians that we should be confident in something. Be confident in that he who has started and begun a good work in you, he shall complete it unto the day of Jesus Christ. I came to meet somebody in that place of depression and hurt and despondency and to give you a word of assurance that God has not forgotten about you. He sees you right where you are and I declare to you tonight that God is not done yet. I say this not simply to excite your emotions, but I say this because I know that the battle and the struggle that we have through seasons like we're experiencing, like we're experiencing right, right now. We don't talk much about mental health in the church. We don't talk much about suicide in the church. We don't talk much about what it is to get to the edge of life and keep and fall over the edge. But I say to you that you got a God, y'all, who can rescue you from those points and pull you back from that place because he is not done yet. Can I tell you that no, the church cannot give over mental health only to psychiatrists and psychologists because we got a God who the old folk told us is a mind regulator. We got a God who, who, God, who the old folk told us to say that trouble don't last always because God knows how to show up right on time. And I want to meet someone there tonight. I want to meet you there. I, I believe, I believe if there's anything that we can revive in this season, 
we, we want to spend some time reviving the Christian confidence in who God is and in what God is able to do. I, I want to spend some time tonight giving you an assurance of who God is and what God is able to do to give you some keys to increase your confidence in God that he is not done with you yet. Our lesson tonight is actually going to be born out of Psalms 138, as David speaks to us in this psalm, and there is a specific reason why it is I want to talk to you from the text. Because as David expresses this verse and this statement, he is expressing a conviction of his life through the conflicts that he has experienced. This is not something that he says in a vacuum. It's not something that he says ignoring the issues of life. But rather, through those issues and through those conflicts, David has a specific expression that he gives to us this conviction that the Lord will, he will perfect that which concerns, concerns me. Can I, can I just give you some keys tonight to increase your confidence in God? If you find yourself in a place of despondency, depression, degenerating in a place of distrust, I just want to secure you and give you some assurance that God is not done with your life, with your life yet. I would suggest that the whole psalm speaks to us concerning this conviction. It leads us to verse 8, to this expression that God is going to perfect some things in me. And if we are going to increase our confidence in God, there are about four things that I think we need to have. Is anybody interested in these keys? Keys to increasing your confidence in God. When you get to that place where it seems like everything's falling apart, nothing is going right, when you're ready to throw in the towel, let me give you some keys to increasing confidence. Number one, I would suggest that you have to read the entirety of the psalm because what you will take note of is that the psalm begins in a place of praise and it ends in a place of prayer. And yet in between praise and prayer, David is not ashamed to express his problems. I want to say this to somebody, somebody listening to me, somebody connecting. Number one, if you're going to have a key to increasing your confidence in God, increasing Christian confidence, number one, this is what you have to do. You have to assess God's conditions. I wish somebody would help me. Just say assess God's conditions. Somebody in the chat box, here is what's going to help increase your confidence. When you take an honest assessment of the conditions of your life. Assessing godly conditions. What you will notice in David's life is that a pattern shows up. The pattern is simply this. Um, praise, problem, prayer, performance, praise, problem, prayer, performance. Again, praise, problem, prayer, performance. His entire Psalm of 138 
reflects this pattern and it is actually a pattern that reflects the conditions of his life starting with prayer starting with praise rather coming to a place where he recognizes problems but then seeing then the prayer that he lifts up to God and then God performing performing based upon his prayer I want to ask someone the question have you honestly taken an assessment of the true conditions under which God has you. What can happen when we're hurting is that we have a way of making things bigger than they really are. My question is, have you taken an honest assessment of the conditions under which you live? He says there's a pattern here that I've noticed about my life. I notice that when I praise God, problems tend to show up. <laughs> but when problems show up, I know how to pray to God. And when I pray to God, God knows how to perform in my life. And so I, I then praise God again. But then when I praise God again, another problem shows up. That's all right. I handle this problem the same way I handled the last problem. I know how to pray. And when I pray, God knows how to perform. But oh, listen, but when God performs, I praise God. But guess what? When I praise God, another problem shows up. And in the midst of the problem, I've learned how to pray. And when I pray, God knows. Somebody needs to see the patterns of your life. My question to you is this. Have you taken an honest assessment of the conditions, the patterns that tend to show up in our lives? I would suggest that the patterns of our lives represents the very providence of God for us. Providence simply means that God has our lives in his hands. And what David says is this, that when I need confidence in what God's going to do in my life, I have to have an honest assessment of the conditions that I'm living under. I would suggest to you that this assessment of my life's conditions, of God's conditions for my life, teaches me something in the midst of times when my confidence is waning. It teaches me that God cares more about my character and he's using the conditions to shape my character. He's using the conditions. I mean, it's one thing to say that I praise God for what he does. But now I got to move from praising him to recognizing that there are problems that are going to come. And when those problems show up, I got to know how to pray to God. And when I pray to God, then I know that God is going to perform. And so while the psalm begins with a word of praise and celebration, it begins with worship. Don't you realize that it begins with praise because God has already done something that is worthy of you giving him praise for? Which means that your praise is not first, but God has already moved in David's life in such a way that he has brought a praise out of him and has brought, taught him the pattern of his life. Someone listening to me now needs to take an honest assessment of the conditions and the patterns of your life. Praise and prayer is what David does when he meets the problems and God then 
performs. Someone would say to me, well, pastor, I pray, but prayer don't seem to work. I praise, but it just seems like an emotional expression. Someone would ask, what is the value of praising God? What is the value of my praise to God? What is the value of my prayer to God? Well, here's how I would answer that. If you're going to ask, what is the value of your praise to God? I would suggest you need to ask another question. What is the value of anything to God? You can't add anything to God. You can't subtract anything to God. If you praise him, God is still going to be God. The value of your praise to God comes from the value that God places on it. Why do I say that? Because there are times when you may not feel like praising but you got to praise him anyway. There are times when you may not feel like praying, but you got to pray anyway because God has put value on your prayer and on your praise. If you're going to extend, increase your confidence, your confidence in God, I suggest this. You have to take an honest assessment of the conditions of your life. What conditions are shaping my experience? David says, here's my conditions. Praise, problems, prayer, and God's performance. And those are the things that are shaping my life. Why? Why? Because number two, if you're going to increase your confidence in God, increase your confidence in what God is able to do, I would suggest this. From the assessment of the conditions of my life, I then acknowledge the character of God working in my life. I'm acknowledging God's character. I'm acknowledging who God is. He says that he is Yahweh, the Lord, who is concerned. I wish I could say this to you. that The, the character of God that I am acknowledging is the fact that God cares about me. That God is concerned about me. That God is disposed towards my good. I, if there's anything I can say to somebody listening to me, you got to know that God is good. You, you got to know that God is a good God, that God is a good father, that God's character, of course, is that which is of, of good. He says, so what happens? The assessment of the conditions of my life are connected to my acknowledgement of God's character. You go through difficulties in life and what it does is that it reshapes your ideas about God. That's why depression is so dangerous. That's why despondency is so dangerous. A.W. Tozier said this. Y'all forgive me. A.W. Tozier said this. The first thing you think about when you hear the word God is the most important thing about you. Somebody going to catch it in a minute. The first thing you think about when you hear the word God, it is, it's the most important thing about you. 
What is the devil trying to do when he brings us to discouragement? What is the devil trying to do when he brings us to despondency? He's trying to mess up our understanding of who God is. But if I'm going to increase my confidence, I got to acknowledge the character of God. I got to acknowledge that God loves me. I got to know that God is good to me. I have to acknowledge that God is everything that God says he is. And it is through the conditions of my life that I come to the character of God. Why is this important? Because remember, the conditions are shaping your character. I am acknowledging God's character. Why? So that my character can get into alignment. I wish I could help somebody here. Into alignment with the character of God. As God is good, so I got to learn how to do good. As God shows mercy, I got to learn how to be merciful. As God is kind, I got to learn how to be kind. As God looks beyond my faults and sees my every needs, my character has got to align with the character of God. You want to talk about increasing your confidence in the Lord. When your character begins to align with him, lines up with who he is, I would suggest that our confidence in him increases. And the conviction that David says is, the Lord's going to perfect those things concerning me. I say to you, I say to you, the keys, the keys to our confidence in God assess the conditions and the patterns of my life. Acknowledge the character of God because now God is good. But here is a third thing. Remember, David says he is going to perfect some things. Which means that I am not all that God wants me to be. Which means that I am not yet what God wants me to be. So, so now, if I am trying to increase my confidence in God, here's the third key to doing it. I have to accept God's correction. If I have assessed the conditions of my life, I see a pattern. I can acknowledge the character of God that he's trying to shape and form my character to fit his character. And that means that I got to be willing to accept his correction. Oh, listen, y'all, don't turn me off yet. Don't turn me off. I'm trying to increase your confidence in him. Because David talks about now, not only will God perfect the things that concern me, I'm not yet what I shall be. But he then goes on to say this. He calls God Yahweh, this covenant name. He says, but oh, your mercy, Lord. Y'all ain't trying to hear me here. Mercy, God. Because what he's recognizing is that he is not yet perfected. He is not yet all that he should be. He still got some things that God got to work out of his life. He says, it is the mercy of the Lord that brings me through the conditions of my life and brings me to a place of prayer and praise. It is the mercy of God. I say to you, accepting the correction of God increases our confidence in him. I, I want to put this in a very simple way. Have you ever taken time to meditate on God's mercy towards you? I mean, just to think about God's mercy towards you. 
We often say that mercy is God not giving us what we deserve. Well, what that means is that we, when we acknowledge correction, that we acknowledge that we've been guilty. Can I ask somebody in, in the chat room just to be a t witness and testify? Can you say that, yeah, when I look back over my yesterday, there are some things that I was guilty of. Yes, because all of us have a past. All of us have been impure. All of us have some perversity in our lives. All of us have something that God needs to be correcting. But here is the shout, y'all. Don't get upset. Here's the shout. It is by his mercy that he does it. Mercy, his tender kindness towards you. Don't you know that God has had to do two things? If you want to think about mercy, here's the way you think about it. God has had to protect you from some things. And God has had to put up with you through some things. I wish I could help somebody out there listening to me. Anybody willing to testify that, yeah, God has had to protect me from some, and as a matter of fact, he had to protect me from myself. There were some things that God had to protect me from. I thank you for your mercy, but now there are also some things that God had to put up with me through. There were some attitudes that I had that didn't reflect God. There's some things that I did that didn't give glory to God, and he put up with me. I, I say to someone listening, I, I know that you are in a place of despondency, depression, hurting. Seems like things are not going to get better. But here is, here's what I have to say. Could it be the chastening of the Lord, meaning the correction of God, to bring us back to where we need to be? That, that's, that's not a revival thing. We don't, we don't, we don't shout about that. My God. Because here's what I remember the word of God saying. Who God loves. Y'all ain't trying to. Those are the ones that he corrects. That, that the hand of God. Hand of God corrects us. And we find ourselves sometimes in places where God is having to correct us. And so, accepting God's correction is actually increasing my confidence. Come here, parents. Come here, mama. Come here, daddy. Come here. What parent listening to me tonight has never had to correct your child because you loved your child? I wish I had somebody listening. What parent listening to me tonight has ever given your child everything your child wanted and immediately when your child asked? No. There are some parents listening to me tonight who know that no, who, who can testify that the word no is a word of love. No is a word of, of love, and, and it increases my confidence in God. Living in seasons where we find ourselves places of depression, despondency, and, and if there's anything we need to do, 
is to revive the church's confidence in God. Anything we need to do is revive some Christians' confidence in God. There's anything that the pandemic has done, that going through this season of hurt, loss, and grief has done, it has attacked our confidence in God, but I got some keys and I'm done. I suggest assess the conditions. I suggest acknowledge God's character. I suggest accept God's correction. But then lastly, here it is. I suggest you need to appreciate God's commitment. Yes. David says that, that I am confident in this. Because I know something about his character. I've looked at the conditions of my life. I understand that God has corrected me. So, so I am confident in this. That the Lord will perfect that which concerns me. He says it's going to be by his, by his mercy. <laughs> because there's some things in my life that he's had to protect me from. But there's some things that he's had to, to put up with. And so his mercy is going to be with me. But, but now let me just say it this way. David concludes by saying, Lord, <laughs> don't forsake the work of your hands. Now, I know that's a prayer, but you do realize that in the prayer, there is a word of appreciation. Because when he looks over his life, he realizes that from the character of God, and, and even through the conditions of my life, that God has not left me yet. That God is still, he's still with me. And I don't know about you, but if there's anything that ought to increase the heart of confidence in every Christian, it is the fact that God has never left you by yourself. The truth is you've had friends walk out of your life you've had family members turn their backs on you but I came to tell you that God has never left you nor has he forsaken you and the truth is that if you're going to increase your confidence in God you really got to appreciate God's commitment to you God says what I started in you I'm gonna make sure it's complete all the way to the end and what that means is that I'm gonna walk with you through your troubles and through your hurts somebody ought to shout about that because the truth is there have been people in your life that have walked out on you but ain't you glad that you got a God who's been walking with you ain't you glad that you got a God who had your hand in his hands I want to seal it tonight and try to increase somebody's confidence by giving you an appreciation for the commitment of God that through it all his hand has been on you David says Lord don't forsake the works of your hands well can I tell you that I know 
God's greatest work. I know the greatest work that God has ever done. I know what it took for God to do the greatest work. He has not forsaken his work. How do you know, preacher? Well, when you know what his work is, you then celebrate his commitment. He was so committed to the greatest work that he came down through 42 generations. He was so committed to the greatest work that he put on flesh and dwelled among us. He was so committed to the greatest work that one Friday they hung him high. One Friday they stretched him wide. We were so committed to the greatest work that that Friday on Calvary Hill he hung his head and he died but I'm so glad that my God is committed he will not forsake the work because that's not how the story ends because three days later early Sunday morning he got up with all power in his hands he got up with all power in his hands but that's not all y'all you ought to appreciate his commitment because when he got up Stephen got up when he got up Haynes got up when he got up you got up and because he lives I can face tomorrow because he lives I won't throw in the towel because he lives I got confidence in who he is come on somebody show your appreciation for the confidence of God for the commitment of God he will not forsake you he won't leave you by yourself are there any witnesses out there will you say yes come on y'all say yes burden on my heart y'all I, I really do I have a burden on my heart because I have witnessed through this season so many hurting families witnessed through this season the loss of so many friends preachers and pastors that I, I knew and we're going to be with the Lord now. And, and I'll be honest with you. What We always say this when we lose someone, right? We always say when we lose somebody that, that a portion of them stays with us. 
maybe in our memories, you know, our love, our family legacy. We always say that, that a portion of them stays with us. And, and listen, it's comforting, it is, to think that, that those who I've, who I've lost, they're with the Lord and, and yet a portion is with me. But here's what we never say. Here's what we never say. And we never admit this. That when you lose someone, when you grieve over someone, it's not just that a portion of them stays with you, but a portion of you goes with them. A portion of, of you goes with them. And y'all, I can admit this. I lost some of my joy. <laughs> I, I, I lost some of my peace and, and, and I got to a place of despondency and I didn't know what was happening. I didn't understand it. I, I, I was up on Sunday morning, preaching on Sunday, hurting, depressed, mad, crying on Monday. Somehow, by the grace of God, be ready for Sunday. And then go right back into depression on Monday. That's what happened to me. And what I came to realize is that through all of this hurt and grief and loss, I had to remember that God is not done with us. God is not done. God is not done. And I just wanted to reach someone tonight someone who may be may be where I am you don't you don't have to admit it but maybe where I was and say to you that we as the Christian believer we can increase our confidence in God if we take a moment to really assess the conditions of our lives if we honestly acknowledge the character of God and and accept Except that there's some things that God's going to have to correct in us. And come to a place where you know what? I may not be as committed to God as he is to me. God is committed to us. And, and I have to appreciate God's commitment to me. I want to say to someone, he will not forsake you. He will not leave you. You will not be in that dark place always. God is going to meet you right where you are. Increase your confidence in him. Revive the church's confidence that God is not done with us. Can I pray for you? Can, can I pray for you? Just, just a few moments. Father, I pray now. And God, I, I, I sincerely give myself to you. I give myself away in this moment. I, I don't know who's watching. But God, you do. I don't know their situation. But you do. And I speak now in full confidence into someone's life that God's not done with you yet. Father, thank you for being committed to us. Thank you for holding us. Thank you that even through the cross of Jesus Christ, you who have begun a good work in us, you shall complete it. You shall see it accomplished. You're going to bring glory out of our lives. You're going to bring a praise out of us. And I pray for someone now in the name of Jesus. 
Reach into someone's depression place. Reach into someone's darkness of despondency and shine the light of hope wherever they may be. Thank you, God, for Salem. Thank you, God, for the church that gathers here, that connects online. Thank you for the work that they're doing. Help us as ministry leaders, as pastors, as teachers, ministry workers, to not lose faith, not lose hope, but to increase our confidence in you, that you are not done with us yet. And we will be ever so careful to give you praise, glory, and honor. It's in Jesus' name that I pray. And every heart say amen, amen, and amen. God bless you tonight.
Bless the Lord up in here. Just bless the Lord. Bless the Lord in this house. He will perfect that. <laughs> I wonder if I got a witness here that knows that's going on right now. He will perfect that. We wonder what you're going through and these loads you're carrying right now. You. Wonder why you haven't. He will perfect that. It's just another testimony that you just ain't you ain't where you need to be. He's still working on it. Full charge. Knows exactly what he's doing. Knows how to load you. Knows what to load you with. But thank God he knows just how much. He's got this thing. He's got this thing. We thank God tonight for the word of God. Thank God for this powerful preacher. Y'all bless the Lord. Bless the Lord for this powerful, powerful preacher. I, I, I'm regretting already two nights. I'm just I'm regretting it. <laughs> I, I'm just regretting it already. I just wish I'd have thought that through a little further. <laughs> but we're gonna we're gonna leave everybody wanting some more, uh, and that's what revival does. Revival gives you a thirst, gives you a thirst, and that's what he's done. He's made us all thirsty. I said Sunday, you know we. Talk about you can't you can lead a water a horse to water can't make him drink and all that kind of stuff. Well, our job is not to make him drink. Not to, our, our job is to make him thirsty. And our job is to make folk thirsty so that they come, so that they are listening and so that they desire this word that we're hearing here this night. Pastor Samuels, thank you so much. Thank you so much for coming pouring your heart out. We thank you, dear God. Preacher, thank you so much for just, just, just hanging with him. That's just a beautiful thing. Thank you so much for your care and your service. So happy to see everybody here tonight, those who are in the building. It is just a blessing to see you here. Reverend Doby, good to see you back there. Amen. It's one of our sons. And we just thank God for all of you who have come 
sharing this wonderful revival experience in person, but we also thank those at home, those at home who are tuned in. Our technical folk got it going on. We see you. We see you. We can't see your face, but we see you. And I appreciate the fact that from home, from wherever you are, you're tuned in and you're hearing from God. We thank you so much for your support of the revival. Thank you for your presence. And now I'm going to ask that those who have brought your offering with you, if you have an offering that you want to leave, we can leave it as we exit. Uh, and uh, there's a receptacle there that you can leave that. If not, you can give it online as we always, as we always do. We thank you so much for your attendance. Thank you so much for your presence. God keep you. God bless you is our, our every prayer. I'm going to ask that Pastor Simmons will come back and just whatever words he has and that he will close with as he sees fit. Amen. 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 Let your heart say amen. Will you, um, will you just stand with us? If you're in the building, um, we're going to stand and we'll just um, pray together, pray a prayer of protection. If you're watching online, thank you all so much for sharing with us. And we pray the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ be with you this evening. All right, let's pray. God, thank you for being a God of revival. Um, one who can look at something that is dead or about to die bring it back um, you've been doing it for us all our lives we we may have failed to acknowledge you or failed to give you praise for it but you have um, your hand has been there tonight father there's someone who who will leave this place with increased confidence someone who will leave this place and we may have to face challenges and difficulties but we will know that we are not we are not by ourselves. And so, Father, we ask now that you would go with us, lead us, guide us, protect us, watch over us, keep us from all hurt, harm, and danger, that which we see and that which we may not see. Make it so, make it so that Salem might be strengthened. Make it so that Pastor Haynes all those who work under his leadership might be encouraged. Make it so that souls might be saved, that lives might be changed and transformed. And we will celebrate who you are and give you all the glory and all the praise. God be with us tonight as we leave this place and those who are, who are driving to their various destinations. Um, I ask that you watch over them, keep them, I ask, Father, that you let someone online, someone in the building, let someone lay down tonight in peace, watch over their homes, let them have rest, rest, rest to their minds, their bodies, their spirits, and make it so that we might rise up in the morning ready for another day to dedicate to you for these things. We will give you praise in Jesus name. Amen. Amen. And amen. God bless you all. God bless you all.
there are several ways to submit your tithe and offering. Online at www.thechurchwithzeal.org slash give. On Cash App at dollar sign the church with zeal. Via the Givelify app. By mail to Salem Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 817, Lilburn, Georgia, 30048. Or in person at the church office on Tuesday, Wednesday, or Thursday from 10 a.m. until 2 p.m. It's not necessary to wait until Sunday to give. Online, Givelify, Cash App, or mail-in contributions may be submitted on any day of the week. Thank you for your continued support of the ministry at Salem Missionary Baptist Church.